Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in this series on the ministry of encouragement. And we've undertaken this uh, series because I feel strongly impressed of the Lord that this is a ministry he wants us to embrace. And that, um, that it's a ministry that the church should be very much involved in and that I, I sort of feel like the, the church has dropped it in this particular area. And so we've spent the last four weeks laying the foundation for the ministry. And if you've missed it, I'd encourage you to go back and watch the videos or listen to the audios and get uh, the, the biblical foundation for this ministry and to see where it is uh, uh, grounded and, and uh, definitely a part of what we are called to do as the church. And that the, the idea behind the whole thing is that we live in a very grumpy world. It's very fearful. Um, we are constantly bombarded by bad news. Uh, we're now in news cycles that go throughout the day that include people spinning them and making bad news even worse news and feeding on people's fear. All of that's driven so that you stay tuned to hear more fear so that you watch the commercials along the way and hopefully spend some money. And, uh, and that's the whole idea behind it. But I was amazed as I listen and continue to listen to even conversation among us as believers that we tend to get in the exact same conversations the culture does, and they're very negative and very fearful, and we're, we've lost that hope that we're to have as the children of God. And yet we're, we're called to live a life that makes a difference to the world around us. And so we need to embrace, once again, the, this idea of the ministry of encouragement and, and bring good news back into the world around us. It's desperate to hear the truth and that there's hope. And yet it's, it's just sort of really gotten out of control and spun so desperately. We've become so self-focused in the midst of our fear that it's hard for us to see anything outside of ourselves. And that's what we've been talking about in the first four weeks. Today what I want to do is we're, hopefully by now you can say, okay, having heard all that, we're in, we get it, this is what we need to do. The ministry of encouragement is something that we need to embrace. How do we do it? And I want to start talking about that now in the next part of this series. Before I jump into that, though, I've been giving you homework, and it's this big memory verse from Hebrews 10:19 through 25. And so today you should have memorized 19, 20, 21 and 22 and it's a pretty long chunk of scripture today's uh, this particular verse that we are supposed to learn for today verse 22 is quite long and uh and i think i've got it i've had it up until i get here on camera and in in front of everybody but uh and so i I don't know and i'm trying not to look at my note i have it written down in case i choke really bad but it's therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of jesus through a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere hearts in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. That's what you should know so far. All right? I'm 50. If I can memorize it, so can you. Okay? And I got a lot going on just like you. And, and uh, the reasoning behind it, it's twofold. One is, as we embrace his ministry, 
um, there's going to be some pushback from the enemy. He's not going to like it. And he will try and discourage us before we even get it started. Because he's having a field day. He's doing real well with discouragement. And he doesn't want it stopped. Because he's winning in that particular realm right at the moment. Um, we know he loses ultimately. But we need to get in there and get this thing straightened around. That's one reason. The second reason is you need to get in the habit of memorizing Scripture. Um, we've, we've sort of lost that habit as well. It's really something that you should do every week is pick a verse and learn it. Memorize it. Hang on to it. And then go back and review it from time to time. So if you're like me, I've memorized a lot of scripture over time, but then I don't use it and then I can't remember it. And so you kind of have to rebuild your library every now and again. But you should really be trying to learn some scripture and have it in your hearts. You know, after we're done with this particular chunk, the next verse I'd encourage you to learn is John 11:35. Jesus wept. <laughs> John 11:35. I've got that one down. Um, so some of them aren't that hard. So do it. And it's not too late to pick this up. Now, if you haven't been doing it every week, well, it's too late now. It's not. You can learn these verses. Learn these six verses. Okay? They will help you. They're, they're powerful verses, foundational for the ministry of encouragement. Next week, you need to memorize Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. That's a good verse. And not nearly as long as this week's. So you should be able to get that in a day or two. All right? So the ministry of encouragement ultimately then is about setting people free from this grumpy world and, and from the fear and the discouragement and the negativity and the gloom and doom and everything that seems to be sort of rampant. And that those things are, are making people very selfish and, and focused inward and that, that we need to uh, show them that there's something far better and that there's a far greater way and that's in our relationship with God. And so the, the people are in bondage and they need to be set free. What sets people free? John 8:32. then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Those are the words of Jesus. The truth sets people free. And so what I want to do uh, and what we're going to do over the next chunk of time here is I've come up with a little acronym for what I've called the encourager's truth. And, and there's five things that we're going to talk about over the next five weeks, including this week. The encourager's truth. These are our tools that we have to embrace the ministry of encouragement. It's our thinking, recognizing, understanding, talking and helping. That's what we're going to do as we encourage. It starts with our thinking, recognizing that's our eyes, understanding that's with our ears, talking that's with our mouth, helping that's with our hands. And these are the tools for moving into the ministry of encouragement. And so this we'll, we'll, we'll know as the encourager's truth. And we've talked about that. I want you to get to that with that sort of sticks out right away. And today I want to talk about the first T in the Encourager's Truth, and that's thinking. And uh, we've sort of covered some of this in the foundational stuff, but this is where it really begins, is that we've got to get our perspective right, or we'll never be able to be encouragers. Because we, we have to break free from the trap that the world's in, and, and it has to do with the way that we think about things, the way that we perceive things. And we need to start perceiving things from the throne room of God instead of um, just bowing to the way that the culture sees it. 
Um, and so the first thing I want to talk about is the link between thinking and encouragement. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So, this verse is important. See, we live in the world. We get that. But we don't wage war the way the world does. We don't react the way the world does to things because we don't embrace it the way that they do. We're not supposed to. We're not to get our perspective from the culture, which is what, unfortunately, which is how we've been getting it. We're getting our perspective from this, this bombardment of news coming at us and the spin that it takes. Um, and left spin or right spin, whatever spin, it's all spin. And it's, it's got us in a really bad spot. Um, our perspective has to come from the throne room of the living God. And God is not pacing heaven saying, whew, I didn't see that coming. It's just not happening. The, the, God's aware of everything that's taking place. And, and he's not freaked out by it. So why are we? See, that's the, the issue that we have to deal with. Why is it that these things are causing us, the things in the world? And, there, and don't get me wrong, there's bad things out there, I get it. But, but fear should not be our response. Because fear is the worst possible motivator for life. As, as his kids, our motivation always needs to be love and not fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. So when our motivation is fear, and that's how a lot of things are being motivated right now, because everything is fearful, it's, it's getting us way off track. And, and it just can't be where we find life. And so it starts with our thinking. We don't give in to fear. We hang on to the hope that we have in him. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. See, part of that's something we just got to embrace. Because here's what happens, and I, I'm, I'm hoping you can relate to this. You, you, you get your day started, and I'm hoping that you're starting your day being thankful for five things. That should get you off on the right foot. If you're not doing that, get on it, guys. I don't know what else to do to tell you to make that happen. Write a little note for yourself on the bathroom mirror every day, thankful for five things. If you ever look at Facebook, it's funny. We got, I've got a friend in there, and... Uh, uh, she actually is on one of the worship teams. And so she's been doing this thing on Facebook. She thinks there are five things. So two days ago, the five things she was thankful for was, number one, air conditioning. Number two, air conditioning. <laughs> number three, air conditioning. Uh, and she had someone on there the other day. They're just She's being funny. But l- listen, five things, because it'll change your perspective. You've got to start that way. And then um, as the stuff tries to come on us, when you feel it, see, I feel it settle on me. I'll be doing just fine, and then all of a sudden, I'm not fine anymore, and it's an inward thing. And really, nothing has changed other than some piece of information is filtered into my system, and now my entire way of thinking is different. And, and the, the fear thing wants to kick off, and it wants me to start worrying about all the ramifications, and it's usually a very sort of inward thing about how does this affect me. And what I have to do is I have to immediately get back to the fact that, you know what? God's not surprised by this. God's got a plan for me, and I can trust him. And I need to get my hope back in him. And he's going to tell me what I need to do to deal with whatever comes along. 
Uh, and so, so I have to, I have to get a hold of that in the process. So, so there's the very first thing we have to get is, look, I don't have to react the way the world reacts because I have God in my life. I don't have to be afraid of everything the world's afraid of. I, I just have to look to God and ask Him for wisdom and direction and He'll give it. So it starts there. There's this link between thinking and encouragement. And, and it's all about getting a perspective change. And so that brings up the second point, when, then, which is the importance of right thinking. And, and I'm not embracing this type of thing that some people spin out there that just says, you know, you, you just think everything into being. I don't believe that. And so it, it, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I want to have right thinking, which means I want to base my thinking on the kingdom of God, on the word of God, and on the perspective of God which allows me to include the ups and downs of life and not get messed up by every bad thing. So it's, it's about right thinking. That's what we need to get a hold of, is, is we need to think rightly about things that are happening. And so, so we have to get our thoughts then focused on, on God, on, on the kingdom of God, and on the word of God in order to embrace life. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. There's a filter for what you'd be thinking about right there. If you wonder what right thinking is, whatever you're thinking about, run it by that verse. If it doesn't line up, quit thinking about it. Don't let it just hang on you and get all over you. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What's the pattern of this world? Right now, it's fear and more fear. Bad news and more bad news. That's the pattern of the world. But that's not where we're to find life. Where do we find life? By, the trans, by being transformed in our minds, by the renewing of our minds. We need to get a whole new way of looking at things. Quit listening to all the fear and, and start taking in the good stuff. <laughs> Unfortunately, the news doesn't seem to report positive things in the midst of negative. Because all they want to do is because it's the fear that keeps you listening. So we have to be smart enough to know that in every situation there's something in there somewhere that you can start to get some hope in, but, but you, you're not going to get it from the normal sources. And so we need to get our minds renewed, and we need to find life in the Word of God. This is, this is where you need to go. If, if you're being bombarded by negative, fearful things, change. Shut it down. Stop it from happening. Don't listen. Um, limit it. You know, get enough of the news so you know what's happening in the world, so you know how to pray, and then you don't need the rest of it. You don't need 47 commentaries of bad news. You just don't. It's not going to help you. So we have to get our thinking right. Think about what's true and pure and lovely and, and, and admirable. Don't conform to the pattern of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've got to get our thoughts focused on God, on His will, and on His way. Third thing. We have to stop complaining and start capitalizing. See, here's, here's what I think happens. All this stuff comes at us. We, we're, we're, we're human. We're, we have the same sort of natural reactions that everybody has. We hear something terrible is going to happen and 
We take it in and we react to it. And we, we don't, it takes us a while. There's this stop before we finally get back to God. And what we need to do is, and, and this is what we really have to listen to. Listen to your conversations. I started talking about this last week. When you're in a conversation with someone, listen to it and see what kind of conversation it is. And if it's just filled with the same fear that everybody else has, something's got to start to change. And, and it's not a rudeness thing. It's a reminder. We need to do it for each other because sometimes we're going to get a little stuck. And, you know, I was having a great conversation with a friend this week, and they just watched an hour-long special about a bad thing. And, and it made it far worse for them. And I said, okay, but, but where's God in the picture? They're not, they're not talking about what God might and can and will do. And you, if you don't hang, put that in the equation, of course you're going to be fearful. But God is the God of the impossible. God is the, is the God who's promised to be with us forever. God is the God we hope in. And let's, let's not take him out of the equation. And I think far too often that's what happens. And, and when we start to get complaining and fearful, we've usually gotten God out of the equation. We've, we've taken out the supernatural power of God. And it's all about what we can do, what we can solve, what we can fix. And, and it's, that's a scary place. Because we, we're very limited. We like to think that we're not, but we're extremely limited. God's not. We are. So we need to, to make this change. And, and what has to happen is, when you hear yourself being complaining, and this is what I've been doing too, what I start to ask myself is, okay, what can God do in this situation? How can this situation have some sort of positive impact on the kingdom of God. And there almost always is. Because God is the God who takes bad things and makes good out of them. He, he says he's going to do it. And, and so, so we, have to, we have to begin to, instead of just freaking out, we need to say, okay, God, how can you use this? That has to be our prayer. God, this is a bad situation. How can you use this in the kingdom and how can I get it in on that so that I can be a part of whatever it is you want to do instead of just being afraid of it all? James 1, 2, 8 says this, 1, 2 through 8. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Isn't that a silly verse? I've talked about that verse a lot. Doesn't that seem silly? Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. How can you do that? Does that mean we're supposed to go, yay, bad things happen? Of course not. It's, it, the Bible's not unrealistic. What I think that means is, is that we're all going to go through stuff. Jesus said we would. We're going to go through difficult stuff. But we can know that God can use it somehow. And what we need to do is get ahead of the curve. And and instead of freaking out about it, say, God, how are you going to use this? Because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to him. But he who asks... But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Here, here's the promise. So, so we, we, we're getting, you know, these things are hitting us, and we've got to get our perspective right. And all of a sudden, we fear that fear thing coming in. And, and okay, God, I'm, I'm supposed to consider this joy uh, somehow. Um, and, and, and so what I need to do is figure out what you want to do in it. And God, the, the word says, I just need to ask you for wisdom. So I'm asking and he'll give it to you. And when he does, says, you got to believe it. Don't go back to the whole fearful thing all over again. 
But, but when God gives you wisdom, hang on to that. Go in that direction. That's where you're going to find life. Um, and, and one of the big benefits of getting our thinking right is that we can experience peace in the midst of turmoil. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, look, one of the initial ways that you'll be encouraging to the world around you is by not being as chaotic as everybody else is when something happens, but by bringing God's peace into it. And, 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 and again, not like you don't get that there's a problem, but by coming into the problem and saying, it looks really bad, I understand that, but God is still God. And I don't know what He's going to do, but I know He's going to do something. And I know you can trust Him. And I know you can hang on to Him. And, and it may not go the way you want, and things might change the way you don't particularly want them to, but God is for you and with you, and you can trust Him. And He'll get you through this situation, and the next situation, and the next situation. And you can rest in Him. You don't have to be freaked out the way everybody else is. There's a lot of situations going on around us right now. I don't know what's going to happen. But, but God's not panicked. And, and we're really His responsibility. He said, okay, I'll take care of you. So we just got to do the next right thing and let Him do it. And not live in fear of everything that might happen. See, but, but it starts by getting our thinking right. We've got to get our perspective from the throne room of God. We've got to get our perspective from the Word of God and on the kingdom of God and not from the culture because it's, it's, it's askew. And, and it even sounds right a lot of times. But if you're here on Wednesday night, we just looked at the, in Luke chapter 4 how the evil one likes to take what's right and just twist it a little bit. And it's not right anymore, but it still sounds right. He does that with Scripture, with, in, in temptation. Twisted it a little bit, takes a little bit out of context, and everything gets fearful. God is with you, for you, has a plan for you, and you can put your hope in Him. And so we've got to get our thinking back that way. And, and whatever your, whenever that worry thing kicks in, pray. Ask God for His perspective. Ask God for His wisdom. And hang on to that, because that's where you're going to find life. And so that's the first tool that we've talked about in encouragement, and that's our thinking, and hopefully all work on that this week, because right thinking is, is a good thing. And uh, learn those verses. Don't forget, five things every day be thankful for, and try and encourage two people. Make it, make it a part of your world to encourage two people every day, and that way three people are encouraged, right? You guys know the equation. I don't need to do it again. All right, good deal. We'll close with there today. Uh, if you're watching by video, thanks for watching. If you're up in Williston, hello, everybody, and uh, God bless you guys. We'll be in touch. If you need anything, call us, write us, email us, and we will uh, do whatever we can for you. But let's go ahead and pray tonight, and uh, we'll go from there. Father, we are thankful for who you are, for this amazing love that you show us. And I pray, I pray, Papa, that each one of us would be able to get our perspective right by getting our focus on you and knowing that you're God and that you're good.
and that you're faithful and that we can trust you. And that no matter what's happening around us, God, if we, if we just stay focused on you, we don't need to be afraid. Because you, you're, you're with us and for us and you have a plan for us. And so I, I pray, God, that each of us would, would be able to embrace right thinking. And Lord, that it would, it would then translate into a peace that passes understanding. Lord, that, that we might enjoy this adventure you've got given us, Lord. And Papa, I pray that as you use us in this ministry of encouragement, that people around us would be impacted for your kingdom, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached, and ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God fulfill the mission you've given us to advance your kingdom one person at a time. And God, we are grateful to be a part of your story here in this time and in this place. And we love you so much, God. We love you so much. If you need prayer for anything tonight before you go, I'd be happy to pray for you. Pray for your healing, your relationships, your finances. If you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, let's, let's take care of that today with a simple prayer of faith and humility asking God to forgive you of your sins and asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior if you need prayer for any of those things I'd be happy to pray with you if you're in a good spot and you're ready to go may the Lord bless and keep you may his